Anyways, week four, sorry, I am losing my mind. I feel really good. Uh, I think our God is great. I think he's wonderful, and I think he wants to do some things tonight. So I hope that you're ready. I hope that you're willing because, man, when he asks us to let him move, we best just get out the way and allow us to be moved. Does that sound good? All right, so week four of Legendary's four-week journey. I'm going to summarize real quick. Somebody say summarize. Somebody say I got the supplies. We had a really fun message uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, everyone just started singing Justin Timberlake. Uh, Man of the Woods, terrible album, but great song. Um, sorry, it is. Hip-hop in the woods, doesn't make sense. It's like me being in the woods, doesn't make sense. Um, somebody's like, get to it already, jeez. But week four, I'm really excited about this. Four-week journey, our first week. Who remembers what the title of the message was? I'm, I'm grading here. You're not getting to heaven if you don't know. Go legend. That's right. We talked about it our first week. That legendary isn't just something that we, uh, we stumble into. It is not something that we just randomly come by in our Christian journey. But a legendary church, a legendary Christian, a Christian that is going to go above and beyond, a church that is going to go above and beyond. And we're actually going to believe our God for greater things. The Bible says, Jesus, before he went to the cross, greater things will you do even more than I. And I want to be that church that not only asks the questions, what are these greater things, but I want to be a church that not only believes for greater things, but I want to be a legendary church that knows that these greater things are not only attainable, but we're going to foster these greater things in Grand Rapids. Greater things in Grand Rapids, amen? GTGR just came up with on the spot. It's going to be great. Greater things in Grand Rapids. It's coming. Go legend, but we got to understand. This isn't just something that we stumble into or happens by happenstance or chance. No, no, no. Legendary, greater things. These are things that are attainable for every single Christian, for every single church. We can actually get there. If Jesus said it by God, we can do it. Amen? And then week two, we had to recognize that I am a legend. Look at you, picking up. I love it. Six weeks or six months old as a church and we're finally getting it. No, I'm kidding. Um... But yes, I am legend. In order to be effective, in order to go legend, we first must recognize. Somebody say, recognize. You got to say it with some swag. Be like, recognize. What's this dude know about swag? I don't know. Um, I love how I'm adding commentary to you. Um, But I am legend. Sorry, I'm having a good time up here. Y'all having a good time? Are you not entertained? Okay, sorry. Uh, Four people are going to get that, and then they're like, Pray for him after service. We're laying hands, shutting his mouth, sewing it shut. It's good. Just need you here, Pastor. It's fine. I am legend. Before we can be effective, we need to recognize. Some of us need to recognize in here. Go back and listen to these messages. They're all available on the podcast at takeovergr.com forward slash podcast. That we are a legend. That I, we, you, anybody underneath the Son, Jesus following him is already a legend that before the foundations of the earth were even laid, he had you in mind. He had a legendary, somebody say, God's plan. He had a legendary God's plan in mind for you and for me and for every single human being that has ever been birthed, that has ever been known, that has ever walked these streets. They've got a plan, and it was set in motion before the foundations of the earth. And so we have to recognize that God's gifts and his callings are irrevocable. Somebody say irrevocable. And that whether you like it or not, you are already legend. And if you are a legend, then you are not a person who is a product of a divorced marriage. You are not a person that got here by some uh, really messy means. You are not a person that got here by accident. Your, your history is not, is not muddied. It is not decorated with terrible mistakes and past decisions that you regret. No, no, no. You are a legend. You have a story. You don't have a past. Amen. You have a story. 
you're on a journey, you are a legend. And then last week we hit a legend or bust. Because if we want to be a legendary church, and if we recognize that we are in fact already legend and we need to tap into that, then there has to be a new standard for our lives, a new standard for our faith. I'm not even talking about morality. We're talking about our faith and what we believe God for. It is greater things or bust. It is legendary or bust. We are not going to be a Christian. We are not going to be a Jesus follower. We are not going to be a church that settles for less than God's best, than God's power, than greater things even more than Jesus did. Amen? So that begs the question, what's the message title tonight? The message title, if you're writing this down, who's got notes tonight? Show me your notes. Wave it at me like you just don't care. Kidding. Awesome. If you're taking notes tonight, the title of the message is this. As bold as a legend. Ooh, deep. Going deep tonight. Turn and tell your neighbor. Tell him, as bold as a legend. Turn and tell your neighbor, I am so grateful I'm sitting next to you. Tell your neighbor, I'm so grateful that you're here. No, say it like you mean it because we're in church and we're a family. If you're first time with us tonight, we mean it. Tell them, I am grateful that you are here. I feel like that's something we don't get to say enough. I don't think that's something we think about enough. I mean, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you're here in church, not, not just for Instagram pictures or likes on Facebook or anything else. I'm grateful that you're here and that I'm here and that two or more are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of us. So if you came in with some oppression tonight, you're going to leave with some celebration. Amen. I am grateful that you are here. All right, you ready to get to the Bible? Yeah. Do you guys love the Bible? Yeah. We're coming out of, here it is. We're coming out of Matthew 9 and Matthew 10. Don't worry, it's actually not a lot of scripture. We got more scripture coming up later in in the night. But we're going out of Matthew 9 and Matthew 10 because I don't know if you know this or not, but when this was originally written, they weren't broken up into chapters. That's something that we came up with so that it's more digestible, easier to read. Yeah, I got through chapter 9 tonight. Woo! Like that's something that you and I as human beings, mankind, we came up with that. Actually, you know what? It was probably womankind, if we're being honest, because y'all are a bit more put together than at least me. So, when they wrote this, when it was said, when it was put down, 9 and 10, 11 and 12, yada, 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 so on and so forth, these weren't split up the way they were, and this piece actually flows together so incredibly well that it it would be remiss of me to not touch on both. Does that sound good? Fantastic. So, Matthew 9, 35 through 38, and Matthew 10, 1. Ready? It's going to be on the Sky Bible too, so we're all right. And Jesus went through, all right, I'm coming out of the ESV. I think, I'm not sure what translation this is, but it should match for the most part. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and they were helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd, he said. Verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Verse 38. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Verse uh, Matthew 10, 1, it says this. And he called him, called to him his 12 disciples and gave them the authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Before we go any further, y'all mind if we pray? 
Jesus, we just thank you for tonight. God, I ask that you would come, that you would have your way. You know what? Um, hey, Scott, would you pray over the service tonight? Uh, Lord, we uh, we thank you for everybody that's gathered here. Uh, thank you for uh, the message that Matt has prepared. Um, pray that you would you would bless uh, the, the the words that he has, um, the things that he has to tell us, that we would be able to understand and uh, and just take it in and really um, get something that you're trying to tell us tonight, Lord. Um, and pray over everybody here in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, so Scott. Thank you. All right, man, as bold as a legend. All right, man, I love this piece of scripture because Jesus puts it to us real plain, real simple. He's always talking in parables. He's always got a story. He's always able to relate it really well. Jesus is just an absolute beast when it comes to relaying the Father's will for us. Amen. And so in this parable that he's talking about, he's using the example He's going, man, I'm seeing these crowds. I'm seeing these numbers. I'm seeing these people gathered. And they're thirsty and they're hungry. They only want a drop. They only want a crumb. But the harvest is ready. The table is set. The water is brought out. The food is prepared. It is ready. And I love this when he brings the disciples together. He's saying, man, the harvest, it's plenty. But the laborers, the Christians, the hands, the feet of Jesus, the intercessors, the people who are going to go out and lay hands, the people who are going to go out and prophesy, the people who are going to go and speak to dark places and call light into the room, the people who are going to change some things, who are going to break some chains, are few. You could even say... The legends are few. And so I love this verse because here's Jesus. He sees the need. He sees the people. He sees the body. He sees Grand Rapids. Where there's a lot of people who gather around Jesus. There's a lot of people who are familiar with Jesus. There's a lot of people who are there to run in and see the show and see him do his thing and his hocus pocus magic yeah dude show off do your thing we heard you threw a boy's lunch to people and it fed 5,000 plus people we want to see it we're here we're gathering around show us something oh great one and Jesus looks out and he just says his heart is broken he sees people who are harassed who are they harassed by by the accuser we talked about him tonight man when the accuser comes your praise is my weapon how good was that takeover worship song by the way is that ep still coming out soon rusty fantastic i keep talking about it we like eight songs deep now and this dude ain't released it come on takeover worship's gonna be incredible recording tonight wow all right that's news it's gonna be great but they're harassed and they're helpless there are people who think they got it together but they don't there are people whose money has been their savior whose politics have been their, their guidance in life who people who have navigated their entire lives based off what their parents said based off what culture was saying based off what religion was saying and here they are gathering around the one universe in, the one relationship in the universe that can actually matter that can actually sustain them can actually give them life 
And they're not there to have a relationship with Jesus. They're there to see a spectacle. They're there to see something happen. They're there to see some magic. They're there to receive their healing, but not actually take him up on his offer to do life with them. He sees great numbers, and he says they are harassed, and they are helpers. But I love how Jesus, man, this is a heart check for Christians tonight. Jesus, when he sees hurting and broken people that are harassed and helpless, he doesn't avoid them. He doesn't talk trash about them. He doesn't say bad things about them. He doesn't throw shade their way. He doesn't tweet about it. He doesn't Facebook about it. He doesn't Instagram about it. He doesn't make fun of it. He doesn't drive on by when he sees them outside with their signs and just say something to the passenger in their car and be like, man, the guy should go get a job. He doesn't say that. He sees broken, harassed, helpless, defeated people with no hope. And he says the harvest is plenty. The harvest is plentiful. It is there. It is ripe. It is ready for the taking. It is ready for the ground to be taken, for the ground to be broken, for it to be tilled up, for seeds to be planted. It's ready to be watered. The harvest is ready. But he looks around, he sees his 12 boys, and he goes, the world is like this. The world is a harvest. Grand Rapids is a harvest. Muskegon is a harvest. Rockford is a harvest. Holland is a harvest. Hudsonville, believe it or not, is a harvest, not just farm life. Definitely threw some shade there. wasn't like Jesus. There's plants that grow in the shade only. Come on. The harvest is ready for the taking, but the laborers are few. The legends are few. The revivalists are few. The revival is there for the taking. People are broken. They're helpless. They're thirsty. They're ready. And they don't know what they need because they're trying everything but. They're hooked on everything but. They wake up craving, thinking about, distracted by, wanting something to actually give them fulfillment, sustainability, purpose. They're thirsty, they're hungry, they're broken, they're harassed, they're helpless, they're labeled. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, harvest is ready. People are ready for a move of God. Grand Rapids is ready for a move of God. Whether you believe it or not, whether you think it needs another church or not, this city is ready for a harvest. It's ready to be picked. It's ready to be plucked. It's ready to be taken. But the laborers are few. The legends are few. And here I am to tell you tonight, I'm reverting to the end of my message a little bit. The future of this city, the future in general, the future of this world, of our economy, of every single thing underneath the actual sun, underneath the throne of God. The future belongs to the bold. Are you with me tonight? And so here's Jesus, and he grabs his boys, and he's like, man, this harvest, like these very fantastic trees that I've asked if we can get rid of a few times, but I got told no. Praise God, we love this building. It's okay. Great trees. They're fake. The harvest is ready, he tells them. The laborers are few. And he says, pray that more laborers would come. Pray that more Christians would come. Pray that more people would come to meet me and step up to the plate. That they wouldn't take their light and hide it underneath a basket, but they would take their light to the streets, to the struggle, to where it's needed the most. Because we need laborers. Then watch this. Chapter 10. Somebody say chapter 10. 
I love it. Anybody ready for a chapter to turn in their life? Anybody ready for a new chapter in their life? Oh, man, you're going to regret saying that because the chapter for these boys was Jesus saying, don't pray for what you ain't willing to pay for. You've heard me say that before. That's not even the point of my message. This is a little side nugget that I felt led to say tonight. So get ready for it. Don't pray for what you ain't willing to pay for. Oh man, we're going to pray for laborers. We pray for some other Christians in Grand Rapids to step up to the plate. For some other churches to start being life-giving and to step up to the plate. For some other Christians to go down to Guiding Light Ministries and Family Promise and start serving and step up to the plate. We're praying for revival in the city. So let's step up to the plate, Christians. But what Jesus wants to tell some of us tonight myself included, don't pray for what you aren't willing to pay for because what Jesus does in verse 10 is he hits the switch up on these boys so hard and he says, you're going to go out. I'm sending you. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. The laborers might be few, but I got 12. I got 12 boys, and in this moment, this is crazy too, it says that he gave them authority. Somebody say authority. Authority. Somebody say dominion. He gave them authority, dominion, and some of say power. power. Before the Holy Spirit ever came in the books of Acts, before Jesus said, it's better that I go so that the advocate, so that the friend, so that the Holy Spirit can come. Before he ever showed up on the scene, Jesus gave 12 boys the power of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that would raise him from the dead. He says, I give you the authority over, over unclean spirits to cast them out, over demons to cast them out, over the healing that needs to come. You're going to be the healing bringers. You're going to be the hope dealers. You're going to go to the streets and you are going to bring Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the power of God to many. Every affliction, every disease, every tumor, every cancer, every bout of depression, every spiritual anxiety that you face, every moment of fear, worry, doubt, all of it is going to be cast out underneath the authority and dominion of Christians. Are you with me tonight? Everything's been leading to this. As bold as legends. So if we know the call to be a legendary church, if we know what we're called to do, if we know that we are legend, if we're not going to settle for anything less than God's best, then what does boldness have to do with absolutely everything? Church, God is asking us to put up or shut up. That if we're going to invoke the name of Jesus, then we need to live like Jesus. That if we're going to use the name of Jesus, then we better be faithful with the name of Jesus. That if we're going to profess that we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives through me. So die to yourselves and pick up your cross and follow me. If this is what we're going to say, then our talk has to be backed up by our walk. Walk it like I talk it, right? And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I want to reiterate it for you. Somebody say, walk it like you talk it. I don't want my talk to have to be backed up by my walk. I want my walk to form my talk. I want my walk to inform my life. I don't want to just preach about something. I want to live something. Amen? That's what we're here to do. As bold as a legend. Now, for some of us in here tonight, we're hearing this, and we've heard something like this before. We've heard words like this before, and we felt called before. 
And for some of us in here tonight, we've already immediately disqualified ourselves from all of this. Because it's this really annoying word that the next person that says it to me is going to get a, a size 12 boot thrown at them. I know, five, eight and a half on a good day, five, nine in my boots. You're going to get that boot thrown at you if you say this word to me one more time. A lot of us in here have said, you know what? Yeah, boldness is cool and being the light is cool. And I know we talk about running to dark cities and that Jesus didn't just come take part in our lives, but he actually came to take over our lives. But you know what? You know, just being bold isn't really my thing. Reaching out isn't really my thing. Stepping out isn't really my thing. You know, I'm not one for just starting conversation and asking if I can pray for somebody or pray with somebody. You know, I'm just kind of an introvert. I swear, one more person and now, don't get me wrong, there's psychological, you know, I get it, it's a human thing, we've done it, but again, if we are coming to Jesus, we are invoking the name of Jesus, saying, I am no longer Matt McClure, but I'm a Jesus follower, whether I'm an extrovert or introvert is completely up to God at that point. Every single thing before I came to know him is now underneath evaluation. Every single thing that I thought about myself, thought I knew about myself, thought I knew about the world is now underneath evaluation because it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives through me. It's no longer my reputation that I carry, it's God's. It's no longer my ideas that I carry, it's God. It's no longer me crucifying myself for what I think the world needs to hear. No, 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 I carry his cross. Amen. Legendary. And so for some of us, we have completely disqualified ourselves from this. We've completely disqualified ourselves from this because we have decided that, you know what? I haven't been in church long enough. I don't know enough scripture. I haven't been to Bible college. I'm not a preacher. We talked about a week one. We know week two about how some of us are just sitting on the sidelines while an epic story takes place, while a legend is being told all throughout history because we have no clue that we're a central character. We have no clue that we're not even just a central character. We are an essential character, that we are a hero, that we are a legend, that we are, in fact, what the world needs. We are that hope because nobody else is coming, church. We are part of the last generations. We take place between the book of Acts and the book of Revelations. We are here. We ain't going nowhere. We have planted our flag. We have put a stake and a post in the ground, and we are saying, devil, whatever comes, we're going to kick you in the teeth. We're going to take your ground. We're going to make you cry, and we're going to see some people rejoice in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. But some of us have disqualified ourselves from this because we think we're an introvert, or we think we're an extrovert, or I'm a little bit extra crispy, and people just don't really like me, and I know that I have energy problems, and I know that I need ADD, and I got Ritalin, and I'm, I need Ambien, and I need to chill out, and let's talk about myself right now, and like we disqualify ourselves, right? Or I'm an older person. I've been in church for 20 years, man. I've been in church for 20 years, and you know what? My, my, my Methodist background just says that I got to work for it. My religious background says, you know what? Total depravity of man. I am worthless. What's the point of even trying, of working out, of trying to get outside of my comfort zone in my box? That all sounds great. That all sounds like good news, Matt. But that's not what I've been told for 30 years. I've been in church for 30 years. And you know what? Excitement, extrovert, talking to people about Jesus, that's, that's a young man's game. That's a young woman's game. That's a young person's game. 
no, 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 friends, 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 again, everything, no matter how you feel like you may have disqualified yourself, whatever thing you think disqualifies you from laying hands on people, for seeing somebody in a boot and asking if you can pray with them, for having a friend that you know has suicidal thoughts and is dealing with depression and calling them up and coming over to them and laying hands and believing with them that their mind is going to have peace. Or for my Adrienne and myself, or our sister Adrienne, sister, my sister-in-law, beautiful girl, Down syndrome. She's been dealing with the same plague for three years of being lost in her own reality, in her own mind. She's barely eating right now. And we sang it tonight. We're walking around these walls. We thought by now they'd fall. Do you know why the walls fell in Jericho? Because we listened to God and we didn't quit walking around on, on number six. When God said walk six or walk seven times, we walk seven times. When he said yell at the right time, we yell at the right time. That obedience is everything. Faithfulness is everything in the kingdom of God. You want to see him move? You be obedient to what his voice is telling you. Amen. amen. And so we disqualified ourselves. I'm just not that bold. I wasn't the class clown. I was in science class. I did school last like whatever it's called. I'm a math nerd. Whatever your past is, whatever you did in high school, high school is in eternity. It's done. The amount of people I talk to that are like, yeah, in school I was this. In the good old days, I was this. Man, I got picked on a lot back then, so I just don't really have many guy friends now. High school doesn't define you. Reality check. I see a lot of young people in here. High school, also underneath the blood of Jesus. High school, dead. Middle school, dead. Elementary school, when you were told you would never amount to anything, so you should quit at grade 11, dead. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Man, it's bold as legend. So, man, there is things that we have decided that have disqualified us. Can I read you a piece of scripture? Y'all got your Bibles? All right, Acts 4, 13 through 14. It's going to be on the Sky Bible. It says this, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and of John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. They also recognized them as men who had this, been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. That's good news. They were, they were ordinary, regular men with no special time with Scripture. At this point, they probably didn't even know, but they were only with Jesus for three years. They've only been sitting in church for three years. They've only known the good news for three years. Three years is very little time in the span of a lifetime, isn't it? Three years is minute in the, in the grand scheme of things. If the average human life is 90-some years, whatever it is, three years ain't nothing. They were with Jesus. It doesn't say it doesn't say that they were just they were young men. It doesn't say that they were old men that were wise. It doesn't say that they were introvert or that they were extrovert. It doesn't say any of those things. There's no labels upon them other than they were ordinary guys who clearly had no special training in scriptures, but they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. You want to be bold? What's that say right there? Hold up. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. How do you get bold? You spend time with Jesus. You don't just hear about Jesus by reading a scripture. You don't just hear about Jesus when you come here. Like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Absolutely. But faith ain't going to get you nowhere if you don't got the boldness to enact that faith. So we, some of us, oh, here we're going in. Don't even trip. We're out here. 
We, somebody said, we out here. We're here. All right. Some of us, man, I want to be known. How great is that? They're ordinary guys. I'm an ordinary guy. I know I don't seem like, it's like you seem, you're probably like this guy, certifiable. He got problems. I am. Okay. But I want to be an ordinary guy. And the most exceptional quality about me is that I was found having time with Jesus. That my hands were able to heal. That my faith was all time high. That I expected mountains to move when I told them to move. That I walked up to waters and I said, waters you got apart because the spirit of God is in the eye, inside of me. That there isn't a single thing that can pass by. That can get past us because we're Christians. Because we're Jesus followers. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I want to be that kind of person that is recognized for their boldness. Am I with anybody tonight? Is anybody with me tonight? Because there's a lot of Christians in 2018. Do you know what we're known for? We're known for our politics. We're known for our religion. We're known for our good works that we do. I want to be Christians that aren't just known for the trash that we pick up on the side of the highway, which I love doing. I love my city Wednesdays. More news coming on that next week. It's going to be great. I can't wait. I love doing those things. But I want to be Christians. I want to be a church. I want to be a legendary church. I want the global church to get to a place where we're not recognized for who we vote for and how we rant about it on Facebook. Some of us, I said this earlier this week, Rusty's about to lose his mind. Some of us need to get off Facebook and get our face in the book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want to know why? Because you become what you spend time with. You become what you put in. I love this piece of scripture because age isn't a determination, young person, old person. How many years you've been in church, if you're a veteran of the Methodist church, this is your first time coming to some place like this, or it's your first time you've ever been to a church, it's not determined by that. Being with Jesus, the power of Jesus, boldness in Christ, power, greater things, is not a result of years in church or lack of years in church or who you vote for, who you didn't vote for, or how many times you ranted about it on Facebook and Twitter and every other social media thing needs to burn. Power, relationship, boldness is completely determined on proximity. It's not time. It's not years in it. It just says we can tell these boys have been with Jesus. Is there anybody in here tonight that just wants to be with Jesus? Yeah. Is there anybody in here tonight that's saying, you know what? It's not as hard as I thought it was. There's not as much to do as I thought there was. It's easier than I ever imagined. I just got to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. We got to spend time with Jesus. I want to see a church that's bold. There is something about spending time with Jesus that just leaves a person bold. There's something about somebody who comes to take over church on a Sunday night and they know no matter what the devil throws at them on Wednesday morning, they're not going to have face-to-face conversations with them. No, 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 no. We're going to have face-to-foot conversations with the devil. Amen. There is something about a Christian that has spent some time with Jesus where they are unstoppable, where they are unbeatable. We talk about it here at church. We're an honest church. We go through it together, church, and we get over it together. We overcome it together, and we have victory in Jesus' name here kind of church. Amen. We're going to be a bold church. There's something about a bold Christian with an alcoholic addiction, uh, alcohol addiction that says, you know what? Your praise is my weapon. Not this bottle. Your praise is my weapon. This isn't going to bring me the, 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 the sustain and the sustenance that I need. This, is, can never, this can never keep me. This can never contain me. This can never satisfy me. But Jesus can. There's something about somebody who's bold with Jesus, who's bent with Jesus, that can walk down Monroe Center downtown, and they can see somebody with their hand out. They can see somebody needing something, and they can stop and pray with them. Because you know what? It doesn't matter what the people at Vaults of Midnight Comics think, or the people 
people at Jimmy John's or the people at that awesome Japanese sushi restaurant think about you, you could be right downtown, smack dab, Rosa Park Circle, laying hands on people, being an evangelist for Jesus in your city without a profession, without a degree, without any of that, because you've been with Jesus. There is something about a Christian, man, that we just don't, who cares? Come whatever may. Come whatever may. Somebody say, come whatever may. I believe in a bold church. I believe in a bold takeover. I believe in a bold Scott. I believe in a bold Justin. I believe in a bold Casey. Who aren't going to settle for second best or crumbs from the table of God. But no, we're going to actually have and foster and send out greater things. Because there's something about somebody who's bold. What would your life look like if you live with that kind of boldness? What would your life look like? What addiction would go? What mindset would go? If you really submitted every area in your life to Jesus, to under the flow of Jesus, that if water, er if water erodes stones, imagine what the blood of Jesus does when it rolls over your sin, over your situation, over your mindsets. Man, if we just submitted all these things to Jesus, we spent time with him, we got in his word, we set a clock, we just said, you know what, for 15 minutes a day, I'm going to get alone with God. He, 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 I can just set 15 minutes, I got all these hours in this day, all these things, but I can set 15 minutes. Start there. Because guess what, if you're just sitting around in your little uh, secret place prayer closets, nobody in the streets are getting healed, nobody's coming to know Jesus, nobody has any hope because you're sitting in your little prayer closet, okay? So start with 15 minutes. Don't make it weird. Don't make it religious. Just set apart time. If you ever had a relationship in this place, who got a relationship in this place? Who's single in this place? Y'all learning quick. Look around. <laughs> there's something about a relationship, man, that you know there's commitment there when you spend time there. There's commitment there when there's communication. There's promises there when there's time spent together, when you're with each other, when there's proximity. That's my girl. That's my guy. That's my boo, eh? Power comes in proximity. It comes when we purpose time with spending time with Jesus. And I'm just going to challenge you tonight, 15 minutes a day with Jesus. Imagine what our city would look like if you spent 15 minutes with Jesus a day. And imagine what your workplace would look like, what your gym would look like, what your cafe would look like, your bar would look like, the places you hang out at your local watering hole would look like if you started your day with 15 minutes with Jesus. I want to see some Christians, I want to see TakeOver be as bold as legends, as bold as lions. I want to see some Christians who just know their domain, know their authority. This is my domain. Satan, you do what I allow, which is nothing. Because my God has called this ground his. My God has called this block his. He has called this cul-de-sac his. This campus is his. This workplace is his. My station his. This, this line at the, at the factory that I work, this is his. This gym, this is his. Wherever I'm at, this is his. Because I'm a Christian who's dangerous, I got crazy eyes, and I spent some time with my God, and people are healed, and the council, the haters, your boss, your ex, whoever it is, couldn't say nothing about it in Jesus' name, eh? Amen. We're getting stupid tonight. Next verse, you ready for this? Oh, man, we got one more piece of scripture, then we're going to close this thing up. Oh, going long tonight, but uh, an old lady came up to me last week and was like, hey, quit saying things about the devil clock. Like, if you got a message, deliver the message. Do your thing. We're here for it. We can give Facebook however many hours a day. We can give, we can give coffee shops however many hours a day. Boyfriends however many hours a day. We can give church a couple hours. Amen. And I was like, dang, girl. Miss me with that. Okay. I'm listening. And then the other guy next to me was like, Pastor, listen to your church. And I was like, okay. 
All right, church starts at five. It ends when the Holy Spirit allows. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this, and I'm doing, I'm breaking my own rule, but Dave is going to be proud of me. I'm coming out of New King James Version. Whoa. Sorry, it's not my favorite. Seeing this, listen to this. He says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, just Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Verse 16, here it is. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Let us therefore become boldly before the throne of grace. Is there any Christian in here tonight that wants to come boldly? Did you know that tonight? I bet there's a lot of Christians in here and I bet there's a lot of Christians in the city and I want to know what would Grand Rapids look like if the harvest is ready, if it's plentiful, if we got out there because we were bold, because we spent time with Jesus, how many lives would be changed? How many lives would be off the streets? How many marriages would be repaired? How much hope would be restored? How many addictions would be gone? How many AA meetings would close up if Grand Rapids knew that we could approach the throne of God boldly. That we find mercy, that we find grace, that we find what needs to sustain us in our time of need and of lack of a preacher to anybody. What would Grand Rapids look like? What would Division look like? What would Oakdale, Boston Square, Madison, East Town, Northwest Side doesn't even have a name because nobody lives there. What would East Grand Rapids, what would they all look like? If every single person knew that through Jesus they could approach the throne of God boldly, not timidly, not shy, not, well, maybe God, if you still heal. I don't know. I heard from, you know, a Baptist church back in the day that the apostles uh, were the last ones with the gifts, that they were the last ones you move with, and, and all the gifts of spirits, they died with the last apostles. Like, I heard all this weird stuff, but, but, but if you could, maybe, God, if you're out there in the distant universe, somebody who's listening, come here. No, 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 no. What if the city came alive? What if it knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, completely persuaded, completely convinced, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, that they could approach the throne of God, the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe, of the seas, of the deepest part of the seas that humans haven't even seen yet. We haven't even discovered it yet. There's not even a picture of it in National Geographic. There are parts of this earth we have yet to see, but he thought it up and he spoke it all. If we knew, if Grand Rapids knew that we could come boldly under the throne of that God, what would it look like? What would the people's lives look like? How many addiction meetings would close up shop? How many homeless people would be set free from homelessness? How many mindsets would change? How many voting booths would be neglected because we understand that we do not serve a kingdom of man, but we serve a kingdom of God. And it comes from us. And we're going to be here to be a light in our neighborhood because no matter how awesome their speech is, a human will fail us every single time. And it takes a lot to get things passed through uh, legislature. But we, we get to be a light in our neighborhood. We, we get to bring food to those who need food. But we, we can affect River City Scholar Schools. And they might not have funding, but we can bring them school supplies. Am I preaching to anybody? What would it look like? Worship band, you can get your way back up here because we're about to land this bird. We're going to close this thing down. We might even burn it down. I don't know. But our God's going to be glorified in it because we're in a room full of some bold Christians that actually believe what we're reading. Amen? Man, I want to be a bold church that we don't just ask. We know we received. We don't just hope for these things. No, 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 no. Like Kelsey said, like Rusty said, we have the right to get our hopes up that we can have greater things. 
that we get to come boldly before the throne of our God. Not timidly, not shy, not worried that he's not really there, not worried that he doesn't hear us, not worried that there's all these people. And and how is he going to answer all their prayers? He's big enough to answer their prayers and your prayers. He's big enough to bring uh, food and healing to people in third world countries. I still think he can heal in America. Our God is big enough. He is able. And we get to boldly approach this throne. Worship band, what are we about to sing? We're about to sing You Won't Relent. Oh, that's good news. I want to read you one more scripture. Y'all ready for this? Would you stand up? We get ready to worship in just a minute. We're going to go back into worship, and we're going to worship our hearts out. The Bible says this, Proverbs 28.1. Y'all ready? I said, are y'all ready? Proverbs 28.1, it says, The wicked flee, though no one pursues. The wicked are always running. People who don't know Jesus, who got their mess up, who are doing their own thing, chasing their own tail, going over the same addictions, over the same things, dealing with the same struggles, the same relationships, the same people being held back. No one pursues, but they run it because they got their own issues and they got their own messes and they're stuck in their mess. But it says this, the righteous are as bold as a lion. The godly are as bold as lions. Lions know their domain. Lionesses know their domain. They know their jungle and they know their king and they know their queen and they know no hyena goes through, no other small animal goes through, no snakes come through without what they say, without what they allow. Amen? And so we're going to sing you won't relent because we have a God who has never stopped pursuing us because he sees a room full of Christians tonight and he wants us to leave here tonight. Lions and lionesses, he wants us to be legends, he wants us to be legendary, and he wants to see Grand Rapids actually change, actually alive. He wants to see Grand Rapids approach the throne of God boldly. Can we worship tonight? Is he worthy tonight? Jesus, we hand this service over to you, God. Do what you will. Dave, as you come forward. Adrienne, as you come forward. If you need prayer, if you need boldness, if you need us to pray over you tonight, Dave and Adrienne are going to be up here. Let's worship him because he's worthy. Let's close our eyes. Let's turn our attention forward and vertical. Our God is worthy of this moment, and he's not done moving. And 